Welcome everybody to AfterBuzz TV's Venture Brothers After Show. We're breaking down season six, episode five, Tanks for Nothing, and episode six, It Happening One Night. We'll be talking about butt stuff, seating your sub-arching rights, and dressing up like Michael Jackson in bad video to impress a girl. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Such a little yeah. melancholy little start. Melancholy little start here to the Venture Brothers After Show. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's Sunday night, 11 o'clock Pacific time. That means we're talking Venture Brothers. That's right. That's right, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm your host, Frank Moran. Right there, follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. We're missing Dave Chow tonight. He is under the weather. Yeah. So he says. We'll see what that's really doing. He's he didn't out. do his homework. He didn't watch the episode. He was too scared. Yeah. He was too scared. <laughs> but we have, oh, I guess we were putting the James all over. The sweet James. On that other side of the panel. James side. <laughs> Coming up to my immediate left here, we've got James A. Janice. That's right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at James A. Janice or on YouTube at Practical Folks. And rounding it out, we've got James Grassel. And you can find me on Twitter at James Grassel. I changed it. Oh, nice. And uh, also on YouTube at Practical Folks. Look at that. Yes. So as we're talking about uh, episode five and episode six, tanks for nothing and it happening one night. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, really. As we talked about last uh, last week, about really the episode, uh, the season arc, focusing really on the the Marnock's journey, uh, yes, really embracing yeah. the blue morpho for sure, uh, and arching uh, <laughs> every all the white whales, uh, the white whales, like he's ceding his subarching rights to everybody else, so yeah. like eliminating the competition. Yeah, we see a little bit more of that in six oh five, and it's still not entirely clear to me what's going on with that. Like when he brings up the graph, the flow yes. chart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think the show even just kind of waves it away because twenty one starts going into the details, and the monarch just kind of cuts him off, and it's like whatever, it doesn't matter so i guess the show isn't interested in explaining like parsing out the details here but i don't really care i think it's more of just kind of like lampooning that kind of corporate hierarchy of the guild though because like the way that wide whale has kind of set himself up as this like mob boss type Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me that he would find underlings to do his dirty work yeah so like I, I don't have any kind of issue with it. It makes sense to me that he would find somebody to 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 actually carry out the actual arching. He's not going to waddle over there and do it himself. <laughs> I do like though that the Monarch's biggest thing is like, why are we putting this on the big screen? We're in this cool underground lair with this big computer. Why are we putting it up on that? Yeah, like the like this is made back in the sixties. Like that, you know, the memory is just like non-existent for this. <laughs> yeah, thing. it's like the Nixon era computer. <laughs> yeah. Speak and spell. That's his. That's his comparisons. Like. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Less memory than a speaking spell. (laughs) Well, and we start the episode, and I guess it's like many couples when uh, maybe like the husband gets out of work and uh, basically is just letting himself kind of waste away. Doesn't really, at least to Dr. Mrs. the Monarch's point of view, he's really just doing nothing with his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she gives him a little talking to. It's like, come on, you got to just arch somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to, you got to prove to somebody, to everybody that you're better than a four. And this has kind of been like the most contentious their relationship has been since they got married, I think. Because in season too they were split up and she was with phantom limb and then they got back together after that and i think since then it's been pretty smooth sailing yeah like for the most part they've been like a power couple but now we're seeing some tension there 
as he's just, you know, in her eyes, like you said, just laying around, not doing anything. She's trying to run the guild. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like in the whole in the whole series, certainly, uh, Doctor Mrs. The Monarch has always come across as the more competent of the two, for Definitely, sure. And yeah. now, given this time to shine, I mean, she's really just, you know, you can see she's just really heading right to the top, and she's a member of the Council of Thirteen. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things though, that she always respected about the Monarch, though, was the passion that he had for the job, and yeah. I think that it's. It's seeing him without that that is driving her to kind of like push him in, you know, into some kind of direction. Like even she suggests even like rob a bank, like do something, just go do something. Yeah, and it's hard to think with the monarch, like how much of that passion for for being a, a supervillain is just centered around Rusty. Yeah, and you take right. him out of the equation, and he's kind of rudderless. He's like, what? Well, what do I do now if I can't arch the guy that I I love to do more than anything to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she even says get a new nemesis. And he says, oh, that went really well last time. Is he referring to Dr. Dugong? I think so. Way back in season three or four. It's hard to keep track. I think three. I think it was three. When he killed Dr. Dugong, <laughs> yeah. it's revealed as Wide Whale's uh, brother, we think. Yeah. 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 Pretty uh, sure. And I do like, uh, when you married me, it was for better or for worse, not better than four. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I love that line. <laughs> Uh, and then we see uh, Brock, which I love this. We kind of get more development with uh, Warina waking up in her place with a cat's tail in his butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their relationship is my favorite part of these episodes so I, far. I completely agree. I love how kind of real it feels. Mm-hmm. Like when she's just like on the computer and like, oh, hey, there's coffee or whatever. Like just the naturalism of it is something that I think Venture Brothers does so well when they do it well. It's something that's that's great about Doctor Mrs. and the Monarch. Yeah, like they have a very natural like rapport, and I think that we've right now so far we've seen that with Brock and Oriana, and I hope that that keeps going. Like I really enjoyed that scene. Like and then like hungover Brock when he gets back to the compound <laughs> and he like with the knife. Yeah, because we feel oh, we see her at, at, at the compound there, and they're drink, taking out the orangutan's body out of the big hole. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. She uh, and Doctor Mrs. Monarch feels like it's Samson. Samson, of course, we know. Yeah, that mm-hmm. this is his handiwork, right? They're looking at the way his head's turned around. <laughs> like, is, no. So what's the what's the joke with orangutan? What's uh, is there is that a pun that I'm missing? I think it's a pun. I think it's a pun. I think to harangue is yeah is a verb. To harass, to harass, to kind assault. Of? Yeah, and then he's an orangutan. Right, okay. but he's also Irish. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it did seem to play into the last episode where you would just gotta get at Brock's face and just kind of right. start, you know, being harass- harassing yeah. him, but not yeah. really getting into an altercation. It was just always kind of pushing him and pushing him and trying to get him <laughs> to take the first swing. It seemed like. Yeah. And then it'd be like, all bets are off. You take the first swing, and then I'm gonna just start clubbing you to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we uh, we find out, of course, we're back in the uh, the lair, and we see we learn about Wide Whale's uh, his seeding scheme to subarch everybody mm-hmm. else. But then I see I mean, the monarch is really starting to second guess everything. I was like, do I kill people? Uh, do we kill Manolo? I mean, does he know too much? <laughs> Poor Manolo. I mean, I he's know. been doing so much work on this stuff. Yeah, it's quality. It's, it's quality. quality. You're paying for the quality. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that we can actually take a moment to have those conversations where mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about a big character we've seen just you know every so often. But like, we'll take a moment to discuss about the, the quality of his craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get to see uh, we get to see Hank in disguise again. Like this one seemed more deliberate this time. Yeah, when he's uh, what a waiter for uh, for Wide Wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like nothing really comes of that, right? He doesn't report back to anyone. No, I it, think it's only in an effort to get closer to uh, what's her face. Yeah, what is that? Oh, uh, uh, Serena. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that it's. I mean, this is something that we've seen before. Hank is 
is actually pretty competent. He's just dumb. <laughs> like he just doesn't know how to focus those skills. Like think about when he had uh when he had the the Sphinx suit. Oh yeah. And he was like an actual like pretty successful superhero or like when he when he was the private detective and yeah. he like was pretty good at that except for being dumb. And I think that that's kind of the case here. Like he's infiltrated <laughs> a major supervillain. Yeah. But to do it. But to like <laughs> Just get closer yeah. to like the girl that he he has a crush on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out the the whale is using hologram technology to go to beam up there to the base with the Council of Thirteen, and yeah. they're talking about the blue morpho, and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. we think it's a blue morpho." And they're like, "Well, he's dead, isn't he? Like somebody must be taking over the the mantle for this thing." And I do like when the conversation wraps up that it was like, "Why didn't anybody tell me we could just hologram in?" <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Because <laughs> yeah, like as soon as they showed that in this episode, I was like, "Why haven't they been doing this the whole time?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh, yeah. they're wondering the same thing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you have to get because that can't be easy just to get all the way up there. No, that's that's like you it's know space travel. Yeah, <laughs> in some kind of suborbital uh, yeah. you know, meteor. You're or calling like Elon yeah. Musk like every weekend just to go to your secret He's meeting. He's a supervillain for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we feel a doctor. I uh, see Doctor Mrs. the Monarch. She goes over to the bar and talks about orangutan's wife. Yeah, battle axe. Uh, yeah, battle axe kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It seemed like a character was just a lot of yelling. You know, for, yeah. for me personally, I don't which, know. I, which is something that I, I we've talked about before. The way that this show treats its female characters mm. isn't the greatest. Oh, I didn't even think about that in terms like, of battle axe. Sh- yeah, well, battle. It's a. I think it's like a derogatory term for that type of woman, like a like a oh, like a yeah. loud Irish yeah. woman. Oh, it's kind of is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, she has that line about like he would beat me in when he was in his cups, right? Yeah, which is like an Irish stereotype for sure. Yeah, and but so so yeah, I agree. I think she was kind of a problematic character, but I do like that they dealt with the death of Harangatang in a very real way. Like we have to go alert his next of kin. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's a like job a- for. Doctor misses is part of the guild. And, and why? Yeah. Why do I pay these dues anyway? Right. If you're not going to help out the widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, we also find out that since uh, Harangatane's out of the picture, uh, uh, subarching rights uh, goes to Doctor Nadava or Professor Nadava. Oh yeah. Plus by yeah. Jeffrey Wright, which is yeah. great to see there. Uh, and I like his <laughs> getup. He's uh, he happens to be Dean's teacher. Yeah. At school. <laughs> yeah. And, when he tells Dean to stay away from, does he? He tells Dean to stay away from the compound during the hours of like nine to ten thirty. Yeah. When he's going to be arching, does he actually like? I think Dean? he Is likes that the implication. Dean. I yeah. think yeah. This also kind of maybe plays into some fan theory that Dean is going to end up as the sovereign of the guild. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he's like the he's like the, it's something to do with the orb. He's like the heir. Well, in some way, he was given. He was given the orb. Yeah, but then the, he gave yeah. it back to David Bowie. Right. Rest in peace. But <laughs> there, it's, I mean, like it could just be a teacher having some affection for a promising student, but or it could be a larger thing. You never know with okay. this show. Okay. That's true. I do like how he just uh, tells Dean that his paper was truly terrible. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is truly terrible. Yeah. After flipping through it in like a second. <laughs> yeah, right. But I do like when you see somebody like Professor Nadaba. Like, how could you not just assume that he's he's got to be a bad guy? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that kind of you know, a huge and that like, voice. Yes, <laughs> I mean, very much reminded me of like uh, Hector Hammond from the Green Lantern comics. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yes, just somebody with a really a large head and a really tiny body that has to float around in a little chair to get around mm-hmm. all yeah. place. I mean, for uh, anyone who quotes Nietzsche that much, is yes. definitely going to be. <laughs> How could they not know that? Yeah. <laughs> and then we find out his uh, arch villain name is Think Tank. Yeah. Which, like, oh, that was just uh, perfect. I like his little tank that he's driving around. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a clever idea, but mm-hmm. I think that the execution is a little bit obnoxious. With the character? Yeah, I, I just... Um, like, I do think it's funny that he goes up to uh, Arch Rusty and expects this bat- battle of wits with this super scientist, which he probably would have got from J.J. Yeah. And and uh, Rusty's more of a Parcheesi guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rusty's so lame. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I was not expecting this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that part I really liked, and that was funny. I didn't love the Sherlocky bit. Oh yeah, that seemed kind of out of place. I mean, I guess his whole thing is, is intelligence, like perception and yeah. intelligence. And yeah. yeah, but but uh, I think my issue with that sequence was that it just there weren't jokes there. It right. was just kind of like aping that style and doing it directly without mm-hmm. any kind of like spin on it. No, that's very true. Yeah, it's like you notice a pollen on your sleeve. You're yeah. getting somebody flowers. Yeah, and that that's not even like a funny thing like to be on his sleeve. Yeah, that's just yeah. like. You know, factual, right? And I don't. And perhaps it has been mentioned before, and I just do not remember it. But at the beginning of the episode, when we see Dean leaving us or taking out Harangantain's body, uh, he's carrying flowers, and he's saying, "I'm going to give these to Uncle Hatred." Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it was like interesting to re- hearing him refer to his Uncle Hatred. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. They they called. I think uh, they started that last season. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe around the time he grew breasts. That's true. That, <laughs> the perfect time to call you somebody uncle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you grow breasts. You you seem kind of unclish. <laughs> Avuncular is that? Is that the right adjective? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> English student, right? Here. Yeah, right. English guy. And while this is all going down at the Venture Tower, there we've got uh, we've got Blue Monarch in twenty one trying to get uh, the 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 Morpho mobile out mm-hmm. of uh, out of uh, police impound yard, <laughs> while also uh, Doctor Mrs. and Battleaxe trying to get the orangutan's battle van out of there. Which man, what a dump that thing is! Just yeah. like, oh, you can just smell how bad it was inside there. <laughs> Uh, and we do see that uh, Wide Whale is able to get security footage from the night that whole uh, Harangatang's murder went down mm-hmm. and gives it over to Dr. Mrs. And it's on her laptop. And while she's trying to uh, seize the blue morpho, trying to figure out who the heck he is, uh, Harangatang's wife watches it and sees like, oh, man, puts two and two together, thinks the similarities between Monarch and Rusty are just too obvious that mm-hmm. he is actually the blue morpho. Yeah, everyone's thinking that. Yeah. which yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, starting to think it. <laughs> it, it. It was interesting until, I mean, once I saw that, it, like, I never really put two and two together, but once you just trim down that beard, it is interesting just yeah. how yeah. how similar they look. I mean, Monarch has more hair on top, but, right. that could, but it's still that same kind of red, mm-hmm. you know, reddish. They have the same builds, the for same, sure. Yeah, the s- slender build. I mean, it. you know, we talked about it last time, or two times ago, maybe we've talked about it here on this show. The the theory of that they're they're the actual Venture Brothers, yeah. And I think that this is drawing another parallel between them, and uh, whether or not they're in fact brothers, I think that the connection between them is greater than we've so far been mm-hmm. led to believe. Uh, but I I love the Blue Morphle stuff in this episode. I think it's the strongest part of the episode. Um, the the little grabby thing to push the button yeah in the, I'm glad they in got the used. impound yeah uh, which was great um, especially because at the beginning of the episode they're feeling like what would you even <laughs> use this for right. hey, what's Back the point? Yeah. yeah it comes in handy that's great and uh, yeah so so that that whole chase in the in the in the parking garage I thought was was fantastic and then the the reveal of 
that the car can turn into a plane uh, was really yeah. well so done. Great. All through just happenstance and accidents and 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 the monarch just like bumping his head on the button and That's everything. That's the monarch way. Yeah, just falling ass backwards into it. <laughs> and speaking of ass, I do like the fact that when you get in a flying car and you get to fly around, what do you want to do? You want to go poop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pool. true monarch yes. charm. Yeah. 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 Let's swing by his place. I want to go poop in his pool. <laughs> yeah. And I love that they actually show that whole payoff. Just to see yeah. You actually see a little poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I give it up for being able to uh, make something happen that fast. Yeah. Like, I mean, it'd yeah. be one thing for me to say, like, I want to poop in somebody's pool. And it's like, all right, well, let me and go the eat. Timing. Yeah, he's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never have one like just locked right there, just, you know, just for that. Yeah, that that's happened. why you're not a supervillain. No, that's yeah. one of the special gifts you got. If you want to be supervillain, you got to be ready to poop at a moment's notice. <laughs> is the, is the uh, battle van a rip or, or a play on the Ninja Turtles van? From the cartoon? Or the A-Team van, maybe? I'm not well-versed in 80s it, pop it, culture. It seems, I would probably say maybe, maybe the turtle van, but because it feels like a little too big for the A-Team van. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that. Okay. But the turtle van, if I remember right, had more of kind of that blocky, like, with the, like, blinders in front of it yeah. and everything. It, it just, it, it reminded me of it, and I thought, I didn't know if that was something that they were playing with. But they have, like, you'd think if they did that, they would do something with, like, turtles, the turtle... They around. like to just mash stuff. They up. do. Yeah. They do. Uh, and I do like that. With that, would think take does show up there, and he tries to play chess with them. That the Rusty's first thing is like, I'm gonna call uh, and get customer service for this because yeah. like this guy's yeah. a talker. Uh, yeah. Come on, guys. Someone's supposed to get any work done. He keeps sending these guys at me all the time. <laughs> and, and we do see uh, Brock shows up and they get in a little tussle with Think Tank and he throws mm-hmm. him out the window, blasts him out the window, and, and uh, Warriana picks him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, I, I, and they have a little heart to heart moment about the relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's so another good. one of those really real moments. Yeah. yeah. Just like two real people would have. And I really appreciate seeing it. For sure. Especially. I, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just, I, I think that, uh, the way that we were kind of introduced to Warriana as part of the um, what are they the Avengers take off? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Basically, the Avengers. Um, you know, they were very like corporate and kind of douchey, whatever. But she seems kind of over it and like whatever. Yeah. Um, about the whole being a superhero thing, and she, you know, she finds Brock interesting, and that's kind of her a way kind of back into it. And I really like that aspect of it that she's. She's better than these men. So even even where we get battle axe, yeah, I think Warriana is a good female character. Oh yeah, she's great. Because we see her early in the episode, kind of as a talking head, talking about uh, yeah, with the captain about the the god gas. Yeah, yeah. You know, is this true? Is this god gas? It's like no, 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 it wasn't. Yeah, because she mentions like I have a lot going on with my my alter ego, my alter ego's career. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, we didn't even touch on Billy uh, with this is a guy I guess they have white films of my guys uh, David Hasselhoff yeah. trying to eat that cheeseburger. David Hasselhoff and uh, David, David at the dentist. dentist. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's he real life. screaming just like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Billy. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. And then I love the implication in that scene too, where they're all watching it around the table, and the action man is like, can't handle his god gas. <laughs> yeah. And I love the implication that the action man has been god gassed oh, like definitely. numerous times. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing I'd like to say before we move on is just thinking about Battle Axe and Harangatang being like kind of Irish stereotypes. Uh, I feel like this season is leaning a little bit more into the ethnic stereotypes than it usually does. I'm thinking of the tailor. Like the, the like yeah. Italian tailor is really just this yeah. like real basic Italian like slapping in the face and spitting yeah. and just that. And then Manolo. Yeah, like your basic Spanish, yeah. uh, like, like construction, Hispanic construction yeah. guy, and then yeah, these like Irish 
uh, villains. And I, I can't think of... Well, Wide Whale, even, and... and uh why can't I remember her name? Uh, Serena. Serena. Yeah, but and those Rocco. are those are more like mafia. Genre and I know tropes. That, yeah, genre tropes rather than like ethnic. Like the the Italian Taylor is is just Italian, right? And I'm I'm trying to think. Have previous seasons had characters that lean so much into that? Because the only one I can think of that's kind of like really focused on his ethnicity is that OSI doctor who works for Sphinx. Uh, like ever since the Iron Man, everybody wanted the robot arm. Yeah, but like that's such like a vague like ethnicity yeah. to that. I don't think. Well, there's it's... Jefferson. Uh oh Jefferson. oh the the Blackula hunter. Yeah, yeah. But, they but that's kinda, even like a black exploitation type. They thing. like make fun of that. Yeah, but so I don't know. I just do I, you think do you think that the New York setting has something to do with that? Oh, maybe. I mean, like, you like could the argue multicultural kind of aspect of the city versus like wherever in the world that they would go in their adventures in the earlier seasons. Yeah, maybe. Uh, just a just a thought that yeah. bubbled up in this old head. No, 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 not yeah. a bad thought that you're talking about there. Uh, yeah, and we do end uh, as we see uh, since the, the monarch wanted to take a poop in Rusty's pool. Uh, Doctor <laughs> Mrs. You know sees the car go by and then happens to see Rusty ta- lean over the window, uh, lean over the the balcony. Yeah, and assumes like, wait a second. Yeah, I think Rusty is actually. Dr. She ends the episode. Yeah. I know who my enemy is. Yes. So yeah. So yeah, that that takes us over to episode six. It happening one night, where we oh, but no, oh, the, oh wait six oh five. You've got to end, uh, mention it ends with two more villains dying in that hole. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we see. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Doctor Mrs. almost gets into an accident with Orangutan's wife, Battle Axe, and yeah. she jumps over like an embankment, runs into Think Tank, and they go right back down the hole that Wide Will right opened. Back into the hole. Yep. So funny that that hole is just like this pit of death for these super villains. <laughs> yeah, I do like that, and I do like as much as uh, Monica was talking about uh, trying to eliminate everybody. That it's not always by his hand that yeah. it happens. So it's it's cool that it's uh, also just fate and coincidence that happens to be knocking these people off as well. <laughs> Yeah. As is the monarch way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of just uh, uh, homages, we talked a little bit about the, the challenge of the Super Friends riff kind of starts us off with episode six yeah. and happening one night. Yes. There. The League of Doom. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we get it all from like the, you know, from the Legion of Doom's uh, uh, bunker lifting Legion out of the Doom, swamp. Yeah. Uh, we got it living out of the river here of New York, and we run down the list of everybody that's part of the Doom factory. Yeah. Uh, a ton of the most ruthlessly self-involved villains like Frigid, Serpentine, Eeny Meeny, Jared the Gorilla, Black Mariah, Trashenstein, the Exquisite Corpse, which I, I love that one, Ultraviolent, Billy Mame, Shehemoth, Hard Candy, and the leader Wes Morehammer. Yeah. Quite a assemblage of rogues right there. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I was excited when I saw the, the Legion of Doom riff. I was like, this is something that I can't believe they've waited six seasons to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go into it and it's Andy Warhol's like posse it's yeah. just yeah. so funny that they went that direction with it and mm-hmm. it, it's the it, plastic what is it the plastic factory dream factory what is his thing the real thing called? see I was gonna lean on you for the Warhol knowledge yeah, yeah. It's, um, I know factory girls are a thing yeah it was something factory which yeah. is like movement that that and it's the doom factory that yeah that they're playing with in the show and then it goes back it just they just run at the like pop art aspect of it 
and I, I think that that's such a, a hilarious decision that they turned Andy Warhol into like this super villain. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know if the uh, numerous villains in there are specific references to Andy Warhol acquaintances or are they, they just like punny because like it's it, it, this is one of the things the Venture Brothers does best is these one-off characters with a funny name and a funny appearance and it's just so clever yeah. and they'll just say the name and move on and you kind of have to like pause it and be like why are you a person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> I'm really hoping Trashenstein, the exquisite corpse, is based off some <laughs> yeah, of that. Like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have Brock watching a video with uh, Rusty, Dean, and Hank, and they've got some kind of video warning that, that danger is coming mm -hmm. to them. So what are they going to do? And uh, so uh, Brock's like, hey, nobody's going out. Everybody's sticking around. Uh, and we have Dr. Mrs. telling the Council 13 that, hey, guess what? Rusty is actually the blue morpho. Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody buys that for mm -hmm. a second. Like, th there's no way this guy... Even though we consider him, you know, you know uh, elite now, come on, he's not that smart. He can't be actually killing everybody. Yeah, the laziest, the world's laziest super scientist yeah. just became like a yeah. super villain yeah, killing assassin. machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have, uh, well, Hank wants to do this episode. Kind of our main through line is uh, Hank taking Serena out on a date. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, that's a fun. This I, I really enjoyed. I, I liked the goofiness of it. I like getting uh, Dean and uh, White involved. Mm -hmm. Um as in, in his schemes and this for is, different albinos. This is definitely a venture uh, trait because it reminds me of when the that general visited the venture compound mm -hmm. way back in season two, I think, and Dr. Venture had Orpheus and Brock and the boys dressing up as different yeah, things. To do yeah. And they would like go do an outfit uh, change <laughs> yeah. and come in. Mm -hmm. I think they even had the, the same type of thing where it's like, oh, we're not going to be able to get to this gag. Yeah. And like Billy's like, oh, <laughs> like I won't yeah. be the baby in the carriage. <laughs> it was interesting though to think, uh, considering the last episode, how uh, closely uh, Wide Whale's henchmen were following mm -hmm. Serena like yeah. in the park that she was able to get out without anybody following her on this date with Hank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until later on, then they because we do find out that she's got a little tracking chip in her arm, yeah, so it's hard right. to track her. But that nobody, no other henchmen are really close by her at all. It seemed kind of weird to me. Yeah, that is a little weird. I think the implication was that she snuck out, and that's why she had to get rid of the chip. She oh, said something they... about. Like, oh, I always dig them out before, you know, when I, like, go out to have fun or whatever. And I think yeah. that that's what she's implying is that she sneaks out. So maybe she was, like, ostensibly in her room, snuck out, and wanted to get it out before they discovered that she wasn't right. actually home. Yeah. Maybe. I do like that Hank's uh, idea of like dressing up to impress a day is like dressing up with Michael Jackson yeah. from the bad video. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how do you come by that outfit? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I you know what? I think that he's just one of those guys, like, now, with his newfound riches, he's yeah. like, you know what I want? The bad outfit. <laughs> and then no, he it's made the it good happen. One. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's such a great joke. Yeah. But it's like, I, I don't know, I, I guess it'd be tough to think if I was going to try to impress a date and money was no object, yeah. who would I choose to dress like? And I don't know if I would look at Michael Jackson with that bad outfit and think, like, yeah, that's... <laughs> and I, but I, I, I mean, I don't know who I would dress as. Yeah, oh, but well, all those zippers, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember a friend in high school, I had one of those like zipper jackets, and we just yeah, made fun of him. It's like, uh, yeah. uh, come on, like this is way too late to be wearing something like this. But Hank had the moves look. to back it up. Too yeah. when when he yeah. confronts White, him, yeah. yeah, he scares him off with some legit moves. Yeah. I'd say it was impressive. Yeah, uh, it worked on Serena. Yeah. And that's <laughs> one of the things I like about this subplot is that she's into him. You know, she finds his dorkiness endearing. Yeah, and I like that, especially you know Triana. I don't think she ever found Dean. She never had like 
attraction. Right. It was more like, oh, like you're you're cute. You're and, a like, good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Serena actually seems to be into Hank, and that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I I agree, and I think that that's part of what made this storyline enjoyable to mm-hmm. watch was that she returned kind of some of his affection goofiness aside it would have been a frustrating i think storyline if she was like uh, you know like through yeah or had know. some nefarious reason yeah, right. to date him but that it's all like up and up really makes the the comedy work better and i think helps the brock and rocco subplot yeah which you know it lets them kind of connect without any kind of like other thing going on where they just have this kind of like mutual respect yeah it's a uh, yeah as you mentioned that brock is trying to get the guy, everybody locked down in the in the tower but we find out from hatred that hank is left on a date with serena right. so he's tr- following him over to central park while he's doing that they come across the chip he finds that all of a sudden rocco is there as well tracking the chip and they get into they start fighting or, or i do like when they're first like how'd you would you like like the cool jumping move yeah. Yeah. from troy from troy yeah. <laughs> uh, brad pitt yeah all right that's sweet and I do like that it was just like two guys just really going at each other. And you don't often see Brock like really just kind of match man for man in a mm-hmm. lot of fights. Off yeah, yeah, that's very rare. I guess Rocco's up there. Well, he was Delta Force. Mm. Damn. So. Yeah. If they had a baby, would it be a Brock Lobster? Oh, oh shut up. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at James A. Janice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I did like well, we're not gonna put labels on this, but what if we do like some kind of you know like team up kind of thing with no labels? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So we can track this down. Uh, and uh, while they're tracking down uh, Hank and Serena, they go to this uh, this cool ninja, ninja restaurant. Ninja. Which yeah. I love that. That's great. That was so cool. And they have White and Dean playing paparazzi. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like, happens all the time. I just I, I figure out like all these things like one a mugger, one when dress like Michael Jackson like bad. Then I'm gonna have a paparazzi. I'm also gonna play guitar for you with yeah. I want, somebody else plays bongos. Yeah, <laughs> like these are all the ways I'm gonna you know really serenade and seduce. Like uh, Pete pretended to lose a cat up a tree. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the same cat that they got for uh, the pirate when he was detoxing. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I did like Billy was dressed as a baby that they were going to use, and they didn't get a chance to, and also dresses like a homeless person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's like wheels <laughs> So Why don't we get to meet ninjas? <laughs> but they go to the ninja restaurant, and of course we get to be uh, the, the brown widow the works brown, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I, that's a, a great, just like, kind of like background character that I just love popping up more and more. Yeah, often. but yeah. I mean, once they said they were going to New York, I was like, Nathan Fillion's got to be back. And I'm yeah. glad that it wasn't just that premiere episode that he, you know, mm-hmm. he's around. Yeah, he's got so many things going on. He's, you know, he's, you know, he walks, he gives tours on campus. He yeah. also works at the Ninja Restaurant. He's a struggling actor, apparently. Yeah, struggling I, actor I think that that's so funny the way that they fleshed out that character and made yeah. him like an aspiring musical theater star instead of like the more traditional like Peter Parker mm-hmm. spoof like he could have been he could have been a photographer or whatever yeah. he could have been like a scientist or whatever and instead he's like he wants to sing <laughs> like he just wants to sing and dance <laughs> I'm rusty <laughs> yeah. and we do find out that he's also Serena's uh, support ex, ex. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like Serena doesn't really think that but Jared is like yeah we were yeah mm-hmm. come on. yeah it's a little ambiguous and then that made me question how old he was but I guess Peter Parker is not old He's, no. Yeah. So he's eternally young. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Brown Widow, you surmised, was like twenty two. Like twenty one, twenty two. Like yeah. he's he's like an RA or something. I can't tell right? if he's an RA or if he's like or a like a teacher's TA, assistant. Yeah. yeah. But, like somebody that's already gone out and worked for a few years. Like maybe I can go back to school and get my master's yeah. or something. Maybe something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 A little bit older than everybody else, but he's like trying to still fit in. Like, ah, come on, guys. I'm, yeah. I'm one of you guys, right? Yeah. 
and so while all that's going down, we find out that with uh, with uh, Rusty left alone at the compound, one of the just like the most like passive, like really relaxed <laughs> kind of takeovers of the Venture Tower. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. everybody just shows up, they're decorating, they're inflating the pillows mm-hmm. like, and the balloons and all that stuff, and sending it up all over. It's like what's going on here? They're shooting in the in the panic room, shooting, yeah. uh, shooting a little film inside. Mm-hmm. There. Oh, uh, that's where they were. Yeah. Oh, great. He yeah. runs into the panic room, and that's oh. the like studio. <laughs> I I love this whole thing with them arching him this way because yeah. it's so effective on Dr. Venture. Yes. He has such uh, pride and the fact that that's their way to get him is to just like totally demean him and build him up as, oh yeah, you're my muse and then just totally break him yeah. down. Yeah, and he's so confused by this whole thing, which yeah. I love. But he's so into it at first, like the takeoff, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and just get this dicky on. Just anytime he keeps a dicky on, he's rolling around. It's just <laughs> yeah. always great. I love that the rejection is more hurtful than like the thievery. Yeah. Or yes. like the arching itself. Like he's had other, or like like we just saw in the previous episode, like with Think like Think Tank had like a giant tank gun pointed at him, but that he's like he like calls customer service to complain about. But when he's like. Like arched this way, where they're 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 really attacking his ego. Yeah, that's what is super effective, and that's what really hurts him. Is like, but wait, you don't like you don't want to keep. He's not here anymore. You're not going to keep shooting me. You're not like because I feel like he definitely wants to. He loves just being like the source of a, like inspiration. Yeah, or, uh, you know, or just like somebody. Yeah, the, uh, somebody's muse. Just like uh, he matters mm-hmm. in some aspect. to Somebody and it doesn't have anything to do with that uh, being, uh, you know, uh, jo- uh, Jonah's son at all. It just yeah. wants to be like, I, I like you for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would argue that maybe Wes is the most effective uh, arch nemesis that Ventures ever had. I think you're probably right. No one else is really a. F- it Depending me on of, your point of view, JJ. Oh, okay. But uh, it just reminds me of the Monarch kind of did this once to Dr. Venture when he had him chained up. It was a season finale, I think maybe four. Uh, but four he had, was prom. Oh, then it, it was, must have been three. No, it was five then. Okay. But he had him like he had him like chained up in his in his home, and then he just like didn't feel up for torturing him. Oh, yeah. And then he lets him go. And he's like, that was my plan all along to, like, make him think I don't care anymore. And it worked, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, it really made Rusty feel dejected. So I think that's, really, if any supervillain is watching this and wants to know how to arch Dr. (laughs) Venture, get as pride. Yeah, and uh, well, we have all that going, and we've sort of got the monarch still going around, uh, and they wanted they find out that uh, of course uh, Warhammer's trying to get Rusty, so they're going to go to his lair, yeah, get rid of that figure. If he doesn't have a lair, that's going to kind of knock him down a few points there in the ranking system. And I like that that's almost the monarch being sweet, still in like a dickish way to for Twenty One's concerns yeah. about killing people. He's yes. like, fine, we'll blow up his lair, <laughs> and he'll get demoted, and you don't have to kill anyone. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that was like another running gag of uh, both Twenty One and then Rocco recommending a blood yeah, on my hands. Book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> read this book, Blood on My Hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fun. Is that a real book, or is that just something I they made up? It. it could be though. Yeah, it's, that's uh, true. Yeah. It's, it's it's a great title. It makes me want to look it up. See, is this for real? Yeah, <laughs> I'll order it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, and I do like the you know, they get a chance to try out, you know the the, the sweet uh, what, hovercrafts over there to get over to the, uh, the yeah, yeah factory. Like the, yes. the morpho cycles did they call them or morpho, morpho boats? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the morph, the the morph, morph scooters. scooters. Yes. Yeah, morph scooters. Yeah, and then yeah, and then when when uh, the monarch falls in the river, and they're all like, "You need antibiotics. You gotta take a <laughs> shot." Like, 
the gross New York River. Yeah. And I, I, I still, uh, and we've talked about this before, but just how much more competent 21's become. Just mm-hmm. to see him, like, the way that he enters, just, I mean, he just, oh, he has a, such a flair. He knows how to use the, the weapons and the utilities mm-hmm. to, yeah. to be able to gain access and stuff. Makes it look good while the monarch's just, <laughs> just stumbling along, trying to use a grapple gun to get in and just failing miserably. But, yeah. But that's never, he's still 21. It hasn't changed to who his character is at its core. Like, he still, you know, like, acknowledges that the, uh, like, like running away from the explosion would be awesome, but yes. like it, nobody's there but to no see, see it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so uh, they get in there and they start. Yeah, uh, of course uh, the monarch has brought a bunch of explosives, a lot of a lot of blue morphos explosives, and they just kind of litter up the whole uh, the whole blue doom factory with it to explode. But when they try to get out there, it's all duds. From yeah, the, mm-hmm. it's from the '60s. Uh, how, how well do you expect these things to be actually to work? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and and then like the. The monarch's like cl- uh, jacket gets caught, and and I, you're like, oh, then it, it adds like the ticking time bomb, literally yes. kind of aspect <laughs> to it, which it, which was really exciting. No, so but we see the Doom Factory instead of blowing up at that moment, it's all duds, and it takes off. Uh, it feels like Warhammer's recalling it, so you can. Uh, what we find out is storing it full of all of Rusty's experiments yeah. inside there. Yeah, and then it uh, then it takes off with with him and his crew and then it finally blows up and that's yeah. more super villains which yeah. I know and which uh, again playing into the Warhol thing like your 15 minutes of fame right there mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. was it boom and then they're gone nice. just yeah. like that yeah and all of uh, Venture's inventions I guess too so that might that's affect true. the bottom line yeah you, know? you just lost a lot of science there. right he he did mention uh, the about the Billy video like costing them shareholders and yeah. stuff so this might be he's already like driving the company six the episodes ground. in he's already yeah. ruining an empire and it, it, and that's the thing when you think there's only two more episodes left mm-hmm. I mean I guess it makes sense to be escalating it this quickly it's mm-hmm. like wow man geez you gotta remember I'm not getting 22 episodes we're, we're getting eight yeah. and it's gonna be maybe a year or two before we get another season <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, uh, I would like to just say one thing um, I don't know if you're a gamer at all I used to be in a past life but the game that Dr. Venture and Sergeant Hatred are playing is actually a real game. It's Team Fortress 2. And I find it really <laughs> funny that Dr. Venture, the we see him as a pyro with like a, a fire. Yeah, flamethrower. And he runs up behind a guy's back and kills him. And my theory here is, in case anyone watching cares about this, is there's a version of the flamethrower called the backburner, and it gives you extra damage if you attack from behind. The downside to it is that it takes away the air puff, which will extinguish teammates who are on fire. So it's kind of like a selfish move to use that weapon, because it'll get you more kills, but you can't help your teammate. And I would just like to say Rusty would definitely use that weapon. (laughs) Absolutely. Haven't you said before that there's like a kind of a venture subculture in that game? Is that true? Have you? Is that a thing that you've said before? Or am I totally inventing that? You might be inventing that. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, and we do find out that uh, Rocco and Brock they're tracking down everybody to the ninja restaurant. They start smacking people around. And, <laughs> yep. uh, but Hank ninjas. and Serena have actually ducked out, and uh, they jump in the water. Serena needs you know to be able to get in the water to you know <laughs> mm-hmm. every are, six are, hours. Yeah, every six <laughs> hours. Are your feet going to turn into fins? Or, yeah, <laughs> a big tail. Is that what's going to happen? Uh, but then Hank jumps in there as well, and they uh, they have a nice little kiss yeah. right underneath That's the water. Nice. It uh, was sweet. Yeah. The whole. The whole storyline it really brought me around i think to serena and and to that that thread in general i was really lukewarm on until mm-hmm. this episode and i think that they captured it in a very good way the, yeah the the innocent teens kind of way like starstruck lovers you know yeah I think they call yeah it well. but but you know in in the in the kind of natural that way that we talked about earlier with like brock and Moriana, like yeah. with you know 
where it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel um, like too dependent on the fact that they're the son of a super scientist and the son of a su- or the daughter of a supervillain. Yeah. So it's just two people who are into each other going on a date, and yep. I enjoyed that. Uh, and one last thing to backpedal back to the uh, episode five, just uh, with Brock and Boreana. It's just at the end when they say, hey, we go back to my place, uh, no butt stuff, and then gives her the, 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 <laughs> I the last one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, very cool. Yeah. Uh, then we also have, uh, we didn't touch on uh, Dr. Mrs. in this episode. After she talks to the Council of 13, they decide to have a little role-playing, like mm-hmm. Farmer's Daughter, uh, and the monarch tranks her yeah. to get out and go play his blue morpho and take mm-hmm. care of the Doom Factory. So to, to cover his tracks, he also acts like he's tranked himself. Yeah. So I wake up the next morning, and uh, Phantom Limb calls and says, oh, man, all right, Blue Morpho, he struck again, he eliminated everybody here. There's such a good beat when Phantom Limb calls and she answers, and he's like, uh, he's like, um, oh, Councilwoman, because she, she's oh, still yeah, in yeah, that disguise, yeah. and it's just a small little beat that I didn't even notice the first time. It's just another yeah. great detail of the show. Yeah, it uh, looks like with only two episodes left, I think like the tension's going to be mounting there for the Monarch. How's yeah, going to keep this sure. going? Do you have any predictions? I guess we're getting ready to do a quick, uh, quick round of predictions yeah. here. Ooh. Yes. And now, your After Buzz TV prediction. This is the fun part of the episode since uh, both James have watched this entire season already. Have. I have not, neither of Dave Child. So, this is the part where I make a prediction and then they just scoff at me. Like, what a, <laughs> yeah. what a dumb dumb. What stone faces, a dumb dumb. Faces. <laughs> That's what he thinks? Oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's interesting to see because I feel like there's so, many, so much potential, but with only two episodes left, it yeah. feels like mm-hmm. which stories. Because there seems like very a lot of different threads, and which ones are, they feel like are worthy enough to really tie up in this episode, and which ones are maybe to be left as dangling threads to maybe picked up in the following season. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I feel like you can't really introduce Hank and Serena without maybe having some kind of resolution to that. And I'd be curious to see if like Brock and uh, Rocco have to have some sort of really big final match, even though mm-hmm. they seem to have some kind of uh, you know at least a grudging respect yeah, sure. for each other. Uh, <laughs> like when they're talking about like you know, or did they, did they freeze? Did the OSI freeze you in '79 <laughs> and then just bring you up right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> So I feel like that. I feel like the the Hank and Serena thing is going to be one element that's going to be brought up, and then of course we got the Blue Morpho. It is so enjoyable. I don't want it to end. Yeah, I, I for don't sure. Want, yeah, I don't want it to end this season. I'd love for it to continue because especially if the idea that I threw out last time is if he starts actually embracing the idea of the Blue Morpho identity and wants to see what he could do with it. Mm-hmm. That seems fodder, especially this late in the season, to be have its own season, just exploring that other side of how yeah. things would be. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Those are interesting predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for the stone face for that. Yeah. Let me go. Uh, so that's going to do it here for our Venture Brother is at Vent. Mm, there we go. I always seem to fail to stick to the landing on that one. The Venture <laughs> Brothers After Show here on After Buzz TV. We talked about episodes five and six. We'll be back next week to wrap up season six yeah. with episodes seven and eight. So again, like us on Facebook. Give us those sweet five stars on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Hashtag ABTV Venture Brothers. Continue the conversation online with us on Twitter. We love to talk about it. So they want to follow you guys where can they follow you James uh, you can follow me at James Cross on Twitter and Practical Folks on YouTube at James A. Janice on Twitter and Instagram Practical Folks on YouTube and you follow me on Twitter at Jackie. you can follow Dave Child at Mr. Dave Child uh, please uh, be well Dave Child we miss you so much his presence Get was well soon. this is, this is in, in honor of this is a memory of Dave Child <laughs> rest in peace Dave Child wait is he no is he maybe we'll know find out we'll find out next week find if he's out next week yes. <laughs> tune in <laughs> until then we'll see you next week everybody bye bye from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Go Team Venture! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.